Dropping knowledge bombs all over the state of Alabama. Pew, 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 pew. Druid News Radio, Druid News Radio. Listen to us on Druid News Radio. Welcome to the weekend with Druid News Radio. Keeping you in the know with all things Birmingham and beyond. Here are your hosts, Tony Truitt and Brock Murphy. Let the adventure begin. Whoa, how about that? That kind of caught us by surprise. Who, who knew? Who knew that we'd come on exactly the same time every single week, <laughs> and we just weren't quite ready, but there we go. Hey, who are you? I'm Tony Truitt, Truitt Insurance and Bonding. I'm Brock Murphy with Brock G. Murphy Law Firm. Love to help you out if you're a small business or uh, do some construction. If you need, if you need a construction issue uh, dispute, arbitrated like to help you out with that too yeah well we had to miss last week and i missed it a lot actually yeah uh, yeah. you know i mean we just had to stop and celebrate christmas so you know deal with that yeah for but sure once we powered through christmas you know yeah. now we're back uh, uh no, no no particular holiday today right no uh no i'm, I'm surprised is everybody's already powered up waiting for tonight yeah you know? that's right They're we were prime. just sitting here talking about it. i i Birmingham has always been a disappointment uh, for New Year's, New Year's Eve, Eve, in my opinion. Yeah, in uh, your experience. Yeah, or it was when I was going out. I mean, you yeah. always wanted it to be this fantastic thing, and it, it just didn't. Yeah. My life, anyway, it just never lived up to it, and I finally just gave up on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it. I, I, I say, and I think the, the best one that I ever had was down in, uh, in Miami. Uh, two years in a row, as I went to the University of Colorado, we actually played Notre Dame for the national championship in my senior year. Uh, I really didn't have any expectation whatsoever, but went out that evening and uh, and just had a great night with no expectation. Yeah. So it was funny. I guess the idea is if you do go out for New Year's, don't have any expectations, and then you'll surpass them. Yeah. Well, you know, mine goes back to, and I'm going to say this up front, I'm not the best-looking guy in the world. I'm like seventh or eighth on that list. But, <laughs> you know, it's uh, but I do remember one year it, it wasn't going great on New Year's Eve, yeah. and, a, and a woman that was less attractive than I was yeah. wanted to smooch on me at New Year's, yeah. and uh, I, I didn't want that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, but that was sort of the highlight of my New Year's <laughs> Eve experiences in Birmingham. So uh, I'm just going to like ignore it now and go forward. Well, hey, uh, you just came back from a fun little trip down to Nolan. Yeah, we you? had a blast. Well, there's been so much going on since yeah. the last show. I mean, well, we had sure. all the freezing weather yeah. that was actually a lot of fun, I thought, yeah. except uh, we got up one morning and my hot water wouldn't work. Ooh. It was frozen up, but it Ooh. didn't uh, didn't break. Yeah, we were lucky with that. Uh, but a lot of people had, had pipes and all those stand, uh, Hoagland, you know, at Gardendale, I yeah, saw where yeah. the, the library out in Gardendale had frozen up and had a, had a problem, but, yeah. uh, you know, we worked our way through that. We did Christmas. Christmas was fantastic. I uh, got a karaoke machine. I can sing, uh, George Jones all I want to now. <laughs> you so. know, you, you may or may not recall, but 32 years ago, uh, I was a mobile disc jockey yeah. right? and, uh, we were subcontracted to work down at the polo club. Uh, which was within the Embassy Suites in Colorado Springs, and they subcontracted us because they had this brand-new machine that nobody really understood, and it was called a karaoke yeah. machine. And I can assure you, 32 years ago, when you DJed a karaoke machine, nobody walked in saying, hey, what's that? You know, that karaoke ca-. <laughs> They walked in saying, what in the world's that? Which meant you had to sing yeah. probably a dozen times a night. I bet you were good at screen. it. Yeah. Well, the, the song list back there was was not good. So I do know all the words to Hey, Good Looking and La Bamba and Blue Suede Shoes. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I sang that to a room full of complete strangers. Uh, it was funny. When we used to go out a lot, there was a place over on uh, Valley Avenue. I don't know if it's still there, but uh, had a karaoke place it was uh i think it was mr bills and then maybe turned into stars oh yeah stars I okay yeah. yeah and uh yeah. so uh i do remember uh being out there one night and there was a uh an exuberant uh 
I, I believe the man was of Indian background, but oh, uh, yeah. he got up on stage and was singing Roxanne, yeah. but didn't know the words. Yeah. And it was one of the, it's one of my favorite memories ever because he was up there the whole time, like, put on the blue light, wee! <laughs> and he's singing, and it was hysterical. Roxanne. Uh, he was he having such a part. good time. Yeah. And uh, I was there. I mean, I was pulling for him and yeah. with him, and it was great. Wish we had him on video. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, on to it. But uh, yeah, Ben, I did. I took a trip. We went down to uh, New Orleans the last few days and uh, hadn't been down, down there in a long time and just had a great time. The weather was we were just spectacular. Yeah, uh, it was. wasn't like steamy like a lot of times it was. The urine smell wasn't overpowering. Right. Uh, there was a lot of good to this trip, but uh, we went down for uh, Zach is turning 18 coming up. So we went and his uh, girlfriend, Lucy, is also turning 18 coming up. So we all sort of went down together. Uh, with her family and had a ball and uh yeah. we we did the World War II museum yeah, which is see that. amazing if yeah. you haven't been go yeah. check that out and you could spend it is a ton of information we were there for i mean several several hours and uh didn't but, touch it yeah it, there's a lot to take in at that place but uh it's such a great job they do with it and they're still building on and i went to it when it first opened i don't know 20 years ago or however oh, okay. long ago that was and it was just one building and it was still good there, but to see what that place has become yeah. is incredible. And, uh, you know, to catch, uh, you know, my kids, like I said, it's about one's about to be 18. The other one's, uh, 15 right now. And, uh, but to see the, um, you know, to, for them to see it and, oh, and sure. be excited about it and take it in is that, that tells you at, at the level this thing is to keep their attention for that long too. You know, our last show, um, one of the things, you know, we tend to talk about this day in history. And, and, uh, one of the things that, that I mentioned two weeks ago was that the day, you know, the Friday before our show two weeks ago, uh, in 1944 was the beginning of the battle of the bulge. And I would suspect that there was probably some section or mention of the battle of the bulge there. I, I grew up really just being fascinated by world war two and particularly world war two aviation. But man, that was, uh, um, war is hell, and I mean, you go and look at some of these stories, and I mean, that's probably one of the last wars where we're looking face to face at our enemy, yeah. and uh, including, you know, in the aviation area. I mean, that'll never really well, happen and, again. And, and in our age bracket, you know, in our fifties, I mean, you're uh, a lot of people's grandparents, and you know, fought in it, and sure. it was it was a presence uh, through a lot of your life too. Oh, and yeah. I, I think it's like faded away now for uh younger folks you know you don't talk about it and you don't feel yeah. it the way you used to but yeah, uh, yeah. what an incredible time i mean spies and double agents and oh, you know gosh. war on all the, everywhere and and to your point intelligence was really really important with respect to the ally victory both against the germans and the japanese i mean it was our ability to break codes uh, that really led to both victories or was at least integral to our ability to, to, to have victories both against the Nazis and against Japan. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating war. I definitely want to go down there and see that museum. But, I mean, good grief, you ran into uh, uh, some interesting people while you were down there. Oh, well, it was fun. First off, we were just walking around, and the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves were in town and uh, yeah. ran across them just getting off the bus, and they were, in my, they were in my way because yeah. uh, I wanted to go past them. But, yeah. Uh, they uh they were playing the Pelicans that night and uh th- that was that game Zion uh, went off for forty yeah. something and yeah, uh, sure. the the town was excited about that but <laughs> you know yeah kind of ran into them and uh, they've got a good lifestyle by the way they were that was at the Four Seasons yeah. as we're walking by so I right. didn't realize you stayed at the Four Seasons but I guess I guess you can't afford it on the salaries those guys make if yeah, they if they I, group together I guess once you make I bet a, they got a group rate. I, <laughs> 
I guess once you make a hundred million dollar yeah. contract, you can you can go ahead and stay in a place like that. But yeah. that, uh, didn't that we're on a streetcar and ended up uh, talking to a man who used to coach uh, Eli and Peyton Manning while they were growing up, and, and we're not uh, sure when it could have been sixth grade. Yeah, it he been said he grade. was in the Book of Manning, yeah. uh, the TV you know show that was about him, and uh, I got to go find him. Bradley Ferris was his okay. name, and a uh, really nice man, but. Uh, you know, you're 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 kind of yelling across the aisle, and other yeah. people are in the way. But uh, in a he, crowded streetcar, he was right? yeah, he was nice enough to tell us how to use the streetcar, how oh. to get off the the thing, and all that. But uh, it ran into him. But then the really interesting one: we were yeah. walking down, and we we're in an area. Um, I mean, nobody was there, kind of more of a residential area. But uh, we're turning a corner and run into Donna Brazil, the yeah. you know the Democrat strategist, right. Um, right. Who uh, you know she's all over CNN and Fox and sure, Meet the Press sure, right. and uh, you know and I her she was out walking her dog and the right. dog was trying to attack us is what got us <laughs> and uh, so you're like oh I'm sorry and then you look up and it's like hey aren't you you know Donna Brazil and she says could not have been nicer uh, super sweet lady and you know however you view politics uh, you know very intelligent. Uh, very nice, incredibly talented. She has one of the best voices, I think, and uh, yeah. personas. But uh, it was fun talking to her, and we sat there probably 15 minutes or so, and it was finally, you know, like, Donna, we got to go. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we got a reservation. We need to go on. But uh, And she showed us where James Carville lives, the Raging Cajun. Oh, is, uh, was Lived like two blocks up the street. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, we know how it all lays out now. But that was a lot of fun <laughs> uh, running into them. But, uh, yeah, the other stuff, we had uh, the, the Joanne and the kids, they all went to Mass while I sat on the corner drinking Hurricane. So that's the <laughs> that's the dichotomy of New Orleans right there. There you go, right, yeah. Well, and then, you uh, again, Zach's looking towards uh, college, and so you got a couple of visits in, is that right? Yeah, we went over, we took that streetcar, that's where we were going, yeah. uh, where we met the other guy. We went up to uh, Tulane and Loyola, and I'd never been over in that area. Yeah. And it was beautiful, uh, that garden district. Okay. And, uh, huge houses and cool-looking stuff, and... Uh, but the campus is very, very pretty. And then right past Tulane, they they literally sit next to each other. And then right past there is one of the coolest streets I've ever seen. Is oh, this yeah? residential neighborhood Auto, Autobahn Autobahn Park. Drive or something? Yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, you know, the guard shack out front and just these huge houses going down it. And, uh, oh, nice. Really, yeah. really pretty. Good grief. Well, that didn't. Did you get a beignet? Uh, we did get some beignets, and it was fun sitting out and. Uh, uh, pleasant trip all the way around, man. Yeah. Really good time. But, um, you know, now we're back here doing this and this is too much fun. And on the way back, we stopped at a cool place. Uh, Brittany and Chad had stopped at on the way down T-Bones, uh, in, um, Hattiesburg. And it was a kind of cafe thing. And then they, it was also like a record store, like an oh, old time, right? like vinyl record store. And they had a big crowd in there looking at, uh, you know, at old, old vinyl. So that was cool. Yeah, that is interesting. Good grief. Uh, well, listen, uh, I was looking through some of the uh, the articles here locally, and it looks like we're nearing the end of an era here in Birmingham, right? After 107 yeah. years in business, 107, three generations, the Ensley Fairfield Mattress Factory is shutting the doors of their last store. It's going to be down in Pelham. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people. I'm, just not, I'm being serious. I know a lot of people who got their mattresses from there, and that's been, uh, you know, a presence in the community for quite some time. But as that ends, I'm looking uh, to north of us, uh, Huntsville. It's expanding. Yeah. You've got that city center. It's really nice, and they're about to do a $68 million phase three expansion. So that's, yep. that's going to be interesting. And Capstone Building Corporation is the listed builder. 
Yeah, one of my uh, one of the guys we went to high school with, Max Grillier, he uh, he's been real active in a lot of the stuff in Huntsville up there as far yeah. as uh, bringing some of that uh, real estate development together. Sure, and we ought to uh, get him on one day and talk to us. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. But uh, I don't know if you know it, man. Today's New Year's Eve. Oh, is so it? it gave me a, t- a chance to be reflective uh, oh. over the past year, and then oh. I decided I didn't really want to be reflective. I want to look forward because yeah, that's, that's more right. deal. But I do. What I, I was looking back. You know, we really kind of started. We did a few like interviews. You know, had some guests on yeah. uh, at the very end of 20, what is that, 2021. But then yeah. we really, I mean, we really did kind of hit stride in January of this past yeah. year, bringing guests on. And uh, as we sit here today with no guest, uh, but it, it, that really uh, has added, I, I think that's my favorite part of the show has been talking to everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And even even on the uh, on the way down, we stopped to get gas. And guess what was at the gas station? Stuckey's. Stuckey's. Who Stephanie Stuckey was on, so I took a picture and sent it to her. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, but uh, it's been so much fun reaching out to everybody and kind of hearing oh, their yeah. backstories and what they're up to. So look, really look forward to doing more of that this year. She's been a favorite interview of mine. She, I, you know, super, super dynamic personality. I think Dale Brown was Dale one. Dale Brown was awesome um, we can't really enjoy the dale brown story uh I, I mean it was just fantastic him taking us through his life story which was fascinating but we really can't mention that call without the postscript to that call and that is that he said <laughs> your name he said my name he said john bird's name he nailed that interview and then as soon as it was through you sent and, a nice and, little well text. dale's like 85 yeah, yeah right and, no uh, i was i was really excited that, that he was just on top of it uh during the interview yeah and, uh, but the second we get off, you know, I send him a text. Thanks, coach. That was so nice. Uh, really appreciate you taking yeah, time to sure. be on. And I get a two word answer. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> and it was, uh, well, okay. Yeah, that's thanks. the level of celebrity that's we've achieved. Yeah, that's all right. But he nailed it during the call, and that was the only thing that mattered. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean, again, Eddie Lumpkin and Meryl oh, Stewart, and absolutely uh, on and on. Uh, uh, Michael Mira. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, well, and then John T. Edge last week. I mean, we've had Sean of the South, and yeah. even uh, you know Amber from the well, reality and, show. Uh, I, Man, I've got some uh, some pretty good people I'm talking to right now, and we got to see if we can get them finalized and on. And uh, you know, but we've got this recording equipment we bought that we've done nothing yeah. with, so we're going to try to learn how to use that. And apparently, like if you're a celebrity or or in particular, if you're like living in California or coast. something, yeah, they yeah. they don't want to get up at five o'clock and Which be on the radio outrageous. in Birmingham. So, uh, yeah. but they, they but they several of them have said that uh, if you could record it, maybe they would do it. Yeah, so right. we got to figure that part so, out and yeah, decode it. And we've got the equipment. It's just sitting in a box. Yeah. Hey, apparently, you're supposed to un- uh, open up the box, yeah. pull it out, and uh, plug it in. I think it'll work outside of my closet, I think, which is uh, where it's at. Well, that's outrageous. Yeah, uh, yeah but there, there have been some really good interviews, a, a really good time. Um, I, I've, well, hey, I've loved doing this. I mean, yeah. it, when we started, and not that we're much better now, but, I mean, we didn't have any idea – what we were doing at all, yeah. and uh, you know, we've we've uh, we at least show up every week, so uh, we got that part down. This is our seventy sixth seventy sixth show, show yeah, today. That's right, and for you folks, twenty twenty three, man, all kinds of possibilities are out there. Uh, oh, hopefully, we're going to have a big announcement next week. We're going to uh, keep on expanding and expanding. Yes, who knows where it could take us? Yeah. Uh, well, hey, man, congrats to uh, Linnell's Beverage Boutique over. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's officially Norwood over there. If you've never been, that is a very cool place. Uh, she gets all kinds of recognition for uh, her knowledge and uh, of, of the, I guess, the spirit industry. Spirits. But uh, if you're looking for some hard-to-find um, liquors and wines yeah. and different things, that is a cool place. But she was just named uh, one of the best spirit shops in the United States, according to Wine Enthusiast Magazine. 
Yeah. And they only picked four in the South. Uh, so that tells you a little bit about her. But she uh, apparently made her bones in Brooklyn. Uh, it's kind of from, uh, I think I think she's from Fort Payne, if I remember right. But okay. uh, she uh, she moved to Brooklyn, opened a store up there that got all kinds of attention, and then uh, has ended up moving back this way and starting uh, starting Linnell's. And it, it's, a again, if, if, you, if you like uh, that kind of thing, man, she's got a fantastic selection. So check it out. You know, speaking of spirits, uh, one of the things that's been a little bit of a thread through a few of our shows has been Pappy Van Winkle. Oh, right? yeah. And it's, uh, it's a bit of an expensive little item out there. Uh, it turns out if you'd like to try Pappy Van Winkle, Bistro 218 consistently uh, throughout the year will put together a Pappy Van Winkle dinner. And if you're interested in that, they're going to do one here this, this coming month. January 26th is a Tuesday at 6.30. They'll have their Pappy Van Winkle dinner. It's $200 per person, and actually spots are already kind of filling up. Uh, that doesn't include tax and tips, by the way. Uh, but you'll get your Pappy Van Winkle as part of, a, uh, I think, a pre-selected course. Now, I don't know. I haven't looked yet whether you're stuck with what they assign with respect to food selections yeah. or if that's just part of maybe a limited. Well, and, or what they're serving. You know, who knows? Yeah. There's... A, there's Pappy is celebrating their 20th anniversary of their, uh, I guess, their partnership or however you want to say it with Buffalo Trace, you know, okay. the, the uh, distillery up there. And uh, so they've been putting those out. I was just looking it up there, uh, the different variations of it. But, you know, there's the there's the retail price and right. then there's the black market price oh, sure. and then there's the auction price. Yes. Okay, apparently. So uh, some of these things, it's it's amazing. The uh, They got a 12 year what is this? A twelve-year, a thirteen-year, a fifteen-year, a twenty-year, and a twenty-three-year. So yeah. of course, the the older it gets, the harder it is, or the more rare it is sure. because it had to age that long. Oh, but for sure. uh, the twelve-year starts as as the retail price at basically eighty dollars. Yeah, and it keeps going up to the twenty-three-year. The the retail price on that is basically three hundred dollars. That's the sticker. But price. you cannot get your hands on the stuff at that. So the black market prices they've been selling for thousands of dollars. Plural. Yeah, on yeah. that site and then thousand dollars but then uh just a few weeks back uh a bottle of the 23 year old i don't know if you saw this or not sold at auction at sotheby's um fifty two thousand five hundred dollars and which just is mind-blowing for a bottle of 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 hooch you know but uh (laughs) they've got uh they said they over the years sotheby's just in general to tell you how the the status of the liquor market they have uh, auctioned off over $12 million in whiskey in 2022. Just this year alone. Yeah, is that not amazing? Good heavens. Total of 14 bot- bottles of Pappy up for auction. Combined sales reached nearly $400,000. Yeah, at that one thing. Now, so there's, this is the question. I don't know the answer to this. Uh, the Pappy Van Winkle dinner that they'll have at Bistro 218, I don't know which of these it is. Yeah. It, might just be the, it might just be the $10 bottle. Uh, I mean, the the 10-year-old bottle, but it might be that 23. We'll have to figure that out. But in any event, if you'd like to sample Pappy Van Winkle, give them a shot at Bistro 218. Those have had to be successful. They've done several of those. Yeah. And, um, I mean, everybody everybody wants a shot at that stuff anyway. They have a, uh, it looks like it may be a South American uh, vineyard. Uh, They've got another such uh, dinner, and I've forgive me, I've spaced the name of it. Um, and, And, you know, Bistro 218, they also own Boca. Uh, which okay. is the Italian 
restaurant over off of Second Avenue. I have not Avenue. been there yet. Very good. I, I want to go. Yeah, and in fact, my friend uh, Matt Shelby of Shelby Company, uh, General Contractors, he actually did that build out for uh, Boca, and it's a it, they did a fine job over there. I like that a lot. Hey, by the way, you went to Auburn. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, <laughs> they have a uh, an electric vehicle battery plant that's coming there. We've talked about electric vehicle battery plants. Uh, g- going in in different places. Yeah. There's a lot of money going into it for sure. $8 million is going into it from ADS Tech Energy, which is a German company. Uh, they're going to build a plant down there around Auburn, and it's going to employ 180 people by the time it's up and running. So, you know, we continue to see superconductors going in throughout these different states, electric vehicle batteries. You'll recall there was, I think, a $100 million plant. Uh, I think it was in Ohio or it was one of the states. Um that uh, was going to be a recycling center for these electric vehicle batteries. And honestly, that seems to be, I would think, uh, the most important business you could have out there because those things are incredibly hazardous. So if you could figure out a good way to uh, break those down and, and recycle those, I think you might be on to something. Well, I, it's just, uh, it is an all-out, uh, everybody is making this turn to electric vehicles. And yep. uh, I'm glad that Alabama's getting in on the you know whatever the action on it but there I, I i must i missed the note somewhere that all of a sudden it just like this is what we're doing you know well i mean everyone everybody been this is what we're it, doing and it seems to be on one side of the political aisle and uh, i i mean i'm not i'm not against the I'm not idea against it at all except that i do know they indicate that the grid currently which by the way is is uh, uh generated through fossil fuels largely but the electric grid really couldn't handle if everybody on your block had an electric vehicle, the grid would would not do well right now in just about every city and just about every country. And we've seen even rolling blackouts that not necessarily due to electrical vehicles, but I think the electrical vehicle load has probably been part of the story behind why some of these large uh, municipalities can't keep up with the power demand. But as we go more and more and more to these vehicles, we're going to have to do something to enhance the grid. You know, we had talked about that uh, that big island outside of Denmark, right, where they're processing all those windmills out in the ocean. Um, something's going to have to happen, but it is interesting that, you know, this is the wave right now and, and it's, uh, it's reached Auburn, Alabama yeah. and 180 people will benefit. Hey, well, I did want to say condolences to my friend, Scott Perry and his wife, Cammy. Cammy's dad yeah. passed away here right before Christmas. And, uh, uh, her dad is Charlie Monk, who a lot yeah. of people know the big, uh, big shot in Nashville that the uh, longtime radio guy and uh, music executive up there, um, he was 84 years old, but, uh, he's a member. He's for, actually from Geneva, Alabama. If anybody's been down there, friendliest town in the South. And then it like, uh, we were talking about, isn't it like the three river city or something in Geneva is right down, uh, close to the Florida line, but, yeah. uh, came from down that area, made his way up to, to Nashville and was, was kind of known across the place as the mayor of music row and, uh, had a long career in radio and music publishing. But I mean, he, he knew everybody, Garth Brooks and Dolly and Keith Urban and Taylor Swift. And I mean, he worked with all of them, had the, uh, at, uh, you know, the last several years, I know they had the show on, uh, on Sirius on Sirius radio. He had a show, but, uh, yeah. he's in the, uh, country radio hall of fame and the Alabama music hall of fame. Wow. So, uh, long career for him, but uh, well, you think about 1972, right? You go back 50 years, 1972, and yeah, that was. I mean, if if you were in and and connected to some of these people, that was the beginning of a golden age to get in with some of these classics. That's interesting. Yeah, but another uh, guy from Alabama who's gone out and done good things, but uh, you know, again, uh, sorry to, to to hear it for Cami and, yeah, and for Scott sure. and their families. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that there was that connection there. Uh, you, you know, and again, I mean, it's interesting how Alabama has impacted the. Uh, well, the, the, the global scene, but certainly nationally, our, our music scene. I mean, I go back to, and it's something we need to, to farm and develop, but it is shocking 
the impact that Muscle Shoals, Alabama, has had on the music industry, and well, particularly back when they had the Swampers and the, well, the competing studios. I will say this: I, I said we stopped at T Bones on the uh, the way back. They got a big, uh, big uh, sign picture on the wall of. Uh, you know, welcome to Muscle Shoals, the recording or the hit capital or something yeah, of the South. Yeah, for so sure. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's it's astounding the number of songs that the Swampers, who were made reference to in the Sweet Home Alabama, uh, the number of songs that they actually played the music for, uh, you, you know, the record that you listened to growing up or the single that you listened to uh, in all types of different genres, whether it was country music, rock and roll, uh, R&B back in the day. It's just really, really interesting, and yeah. we need to drill down on that. Well, man, a couple of things went on this week in Birmingham music history as we're talking about that uh and i'm still jealous of this one uh december 29th so a couple of days ago back in 1976 oh, elvis yeah. played his only show in birmingham at the civic center how about that and uh joanne that was her first concert so uh, uh there's no way to really top that when you're yeah. when you're talking to her <laughs> yeah, so, it's, uh, it's downhill from here yeah so elvis was playing then and then uh last night december 30th in 2002 greg allman was uh ripping it up at the five points music hall no, five i, I love the five points music yeah, hall. Yeah. that was a good spot it's interesting you mentioned him i, I my friend brooke she has introduced me to a song called I'm No Angel oh, by yeah. Greg Allman. I didn't realize that he had gone out on his own. I guess I should have known that. Uh, that was recorded back in 1987, but that's that's been one of her favorite hits. I've heard that several times here recently. Uh, uh, you know, uh, 1976 uh, at, the, at the BJCC Elvis, it's interesting. Uh, we may or may not get to it later, but for different reasons, uh, I accidentally looked up the top songs of 1956, right? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Well, right. Uh, I'll tell you why later. But uh, Don't Be Cruel... And Heartbreak Hotel were the, the the top two songs of 1956, and both of them sang, of course, by yeah. Elvis Presley. He had a pretty good year that year. Yeah, pretty good career overall. <laughs> yeah, he sure know. did. Uh, when you think about that, too, that he died at 42, I mean, it's yeah. just astounding. But oh, the, sure. the level of fame for whatever, 20-plus years. But, yeah. Um, you know, it goes back to the thing, would you trade it to – I don't, I, would you trade a long life for for what he had and the the legacy? I guess he left, but uh, I have to say I don't. You know, it's it's not. There's not, without exception, I'm sure we could think about somebody who is an exception to this, but I can't think of somebody who had that level of fame tossed at them at such a young age, uh, who endured it successfully. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, pretty much everybody who gets that thrown at them. I mean, at 22. Well, and I mean when when. The world, everything you yeah. want, everybody's saying, that's a great idea. They're literally worshiping you, yeah. essentially. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to Graceland, but if you haven't, go. It's one yeah. of my favorite places. And it, it, it's it is random it where is it is. It is exactly what you expect when oh, you yeah, walk in. For sure. And, uh, but he had a, uh, there's a racquetball building he built <laughs> behind his house. And we're, we're laughing about it. I mean, this is where it gets. If he walked, if, you know, he always had the guys, the posse hanging around, the Memphis Mafia guys. Uh, you know, if he walked in your room at 2.30 in the morning, you know, Brock, you know, you want to yeah. play some racquetball? I know yeah. you're dead asleep, but, yeah. I mean, your answer, oh, man, I was hoping you <laughs> yeah. would come wake me up, Elvis. Yeah, right, I'd love to sure. get out there. You didn't want to get kicked out of the Memphis Mafia. He literally had a jumbo jet or has a jumbo yeah. jet on Lisa the grounds Marie. there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, again, I mean, you know, at 22 years old, which which that's how old he was in 1956 when he had the top two songs, and Lord knows he had other songs back then, too. Uh, at 22 years old, we're idiots. Uh, but the problem with our idiocy at 22 years old is how brilliant we're convinced we are, yeah. right? Uh, but we also are very, very, I think, in tune with the fact that we're not perfect. And so when at that age, 
or, you know, like let's take a Britney Spears, you know, I think she was even younger than that. Uh, you are literally worshipped. I mean, everywhere you go, people are screaming and losing their minds. Adults are doing this and essentially worshipping you. That has got to, and, and in fact, I think we see time and time again, it does impact you. Uh, you, you recognize your imperfection even as these people are worshiping you, and I've just never seen anybody come out of it unscathed. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. What else was on that list from uh, 56? Uh, well, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, go that deep into it. <laughs> you went to number two. Well, I'll tell you what had happened. So here's what had happened. I tend to look at Sports Illustrated, right, that are dated, in my case, the day before the show, so 1230. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that this was one. It turns out it was January 2nd of 1956, but I thought it was December 30th of 1955. Uh, and it had on the, the cover Johnny Podris. You know Johnny Podris. I don't know. He was the left-handed pitcher for the Brooklyn Dodgers. There we go. And he was a sportsman of the year for 1955. It turns out, again, that it was January 2nd, 1956. Uh, but I had looked up things about 1955, or 1956, excuse me, uh, uh, thinking that, that this was the end of, of that year. Anyway, he's an interesting story. He was a left-handed uh, pitcher for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers, you can imagine why the Dodgers and the Yankees didn't like each other when they were in Brooklyn and, uh, and, and the, the Yankees are in the Bronx. I mean, you had a big rivalry just across uh, you know, a small little landmass, and the Yankees had kind of owned the Dodgers. Well, they play in the World Series, and Podris had a shutout in Game 7 to win, finally, the World Series for the Dodgers against that? that hated Yankees. Now, interesting little side note, Mickey Mantle, who played for the yeah. Yankees, was injured, didn't play that yeah. game. He was a pinch hitter in the seventh inning. Uh, but this Podres ended up taking off the next year. For four different years, he had applied for um, uh, the ability to serve in the Navy. And in 1956, the Navy said, hey, go for it. And so he took off what would have been his fourth season in the majors to go serve in the military. The Navy released him that October because of back issues. Uh, They called it arthritis in the spinal column that made him, quote, physically unfit for further military service. But he was clearly able to to, uh, continue uh, Major League Baseball service because he had his career low ERA the next year, 2.66 with uh, six shutouts for the Dodgers in 1957, ended up playing for 17 seasons. Well, this is interesting to me. January 2nd, 1956, I go look at Sports Illustrated, and that's their Sportsman of the Year, and that's an interesting story. I didn't know anything about Johnny Podris and his military service and 17 years in the majors. But this is what the Sports Illustrated was about in 1956. They had a whole section on ski tips. So, for example, one of them was, hey, the meaning of the fall line and how to avoid freezing into an unplanned and dangerous shush halfway through a turn. You don't want to do the shush. No, you don't want to shush. No. Yeah, but that was one of the tips at Sports Illustrated. They had a fisherman's calendar, and that particular uh, issue had eight pages devoted to classic cars. Oh, yeah. That was Sports Illustrated back in back 1956, then, yeah. And that basically doesn't even exist. And I don't, if people don't understand, if you're kind of younger, what a big deal the Sports Illustrated was. It came in oh, every yeah. week, and, I mean, you just yeah. God, you couldn't wait for that thing to come in. Yeah, but by the time we're watching it, they didn't have ski tips, and they didn't no. have the fisherman's calendar, and they didn't have custom cars. Uh, by that time, what had happened really is there had been the development of basketball, and there had been the yeah. development of the NFL, uh, and, and college football for that matter. So, But it's interesting to see what it was and what it's uh, kind of evolved into. In 1955, what do you think the top movie was in 1955? Uh, uh, Ben-Hur. Oh, that's nice. But no, that's wrong. Uh, it, this is interesting <laughs> to me, right? Disney. It's a Disney movie. Lady and the Tramp. Was the number one movie. 1955, it earned $66 million. The top song. Now, th- this is interesting, too, because you had given me the top tours of 2022. Yeah. There are 30 different groups listed. I've never even heard of eight of them, including the number one, yeah. who's Bad Bunny. I've never even heard of Bad Bunny. Well, 
but it's Hispanic. It's mostly uh, it's mostly Hispanic, and this is interesting. Well, I will tell you this about Bad Bunny. Yeah. I don't know who he is, but he raked in on the on his tours last year almost three hundred and what seventy four million dollars. Yeah, off that's of amazing. Sixty five shows. Yeah, no, no doubt. I just had never heard of him before, so it's interesting because the top song of nineteen fifty five was called Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White. How about that? Yeah, and it was by a fellow named Perez Prado. And it's uh, it's it was just a kind of Hispanic uh, yeah. instrumental tune, the, but the number two, and this is going to make a, this is going to make you a little bit sick to your stomach, I think. The number two was "Rock Around the Clock" by Bill Haley yep. and his Comets. Now that by itself doesn't make you sick, but this is what might make you sick. When I graduated high school in 1987, right, uh, "Happy Days" was was already yep. uh, its syndication, yeah. and you're watching it, and and it would start with "Rock Around yep. the Clock," right at the and beginning, was, right, and it was certainly a golden oldie. I mean, it was yeah. an oldie back then to me in 1987. Do you know what the equivalent to today's high school seniors is with respect to a song that's that old, a golden oldie to them? A Bad Bunny song. How about Country Grammar by Nelly? We're going down, down, baby, yeah. your street and Oh, that's that Rover. long ago, you that's mean? That's that long ago. Ah. That's a go- or, or Bye, Bye, Bye by NSYNC. Bye, yeah. Bye. That, that is literally the Those equivalent. Those are classics. Well, but they're the equivalent of the golden oldie of, of Rock Around the yeah. Clock to me when I was a high school senior. That's scary. That is uh, that. Hey, uh, everybody, it is New Year's Eve, and you're listening yeah. to Truett News Radio, you which sure we're really are. excited if you are listening to us this morning, yes, uh, we preparing are. for whatever hijinks you're getting into tonight. Hijinks. Yes. Yes. As you might be sitting around getting primed for yeah. tonight's hijinks. I doubt you're even up yet. But uh, hey, I'm Tony Truett, Truett Insurance and Bonding. Uh, if we can ever help you out with any of your insurance needs, we would love to. If you make it, build it, fix it, drive it, or live in it, we want to insure it. Wait, so, what? What? Yeah, all of that. Hmm. Uh, so, And we do a lot of surety bond stuff, uh, everything from license and permit bond bonds, probate bonds, and I do a lot of the uh, bid performance and payment bonds for the contractors, yes, so we'd love to, love to work with you. Do you do any peddler bonds? We have been known to do a peddler bond. Brock, you know, one of the things I like keeping up with is just some of the things the towns are doing, you know, uh, I guess smaller towns, bigger towns, whatever, yeah. but uh, I thought this was cool. Hartzell is turning their old <laughs> post office, you know, they got yeah. that cool little strip downtown as you go through there over the railroad tracks, but... Uh, they're turning their post office into an event uh, space and a business incubator for Hartzell. Oh. And uh, that's kind of cool. And the chamber's going to move in there. So uh, they're going to have it open probably. It'll take a year to kind of redo it and get it going. But uh, instead of having, you know, kind of a unused space along your main street, they're going to make it uh, kind of one of the jewels of town. Well, th- uh, th- th- this is sort of an inside joke, and I don't know if they're listening, but if Brooke and her mother are listening, I want you to know I had nothing to do with that little uh, tidbit of news yeah. um, as they and I enjoyed and laughed about uh, going to the Olive Garden up in Hartzell yeah. this week. And again, it's kind of an inside joke, but uh, uh, listen, crazy ride uh, for the Denver Broncos this year, Ooh. right? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm from Denver. When you grew up uh, in Denver, it was very interesting. You, you either had Denver Bronco tickets or you didn't go to a Denver Bronco game. Like, you didn't just wake up in the morning and it's think, I'm going eh, to go watch yeah. them play the Raiders today. I mean, that was literally one of the biggest things. It, it's sad to say in a divorce was who's going to get the Bronco tickets, right? And I think families probably stayed together so they didn't have to face that conundrum. Well, anyway, uh, the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, who was then the Green Bay offensive coordinator, uh, January 27th of this year as their head coach, right? Uh, on March 8th, they trade with the Seattle Seahawks to get Russell Wilson. It was a gigantic contract. They gave him a $245 million five-year contract extension. $124 million of it was guaranteed. And, of course, as we fast forward, what we've seen is uh, they've gone 4-11 and 11 this year. It hasn't been such a great get. At least you could say that the systems haven't fit uh, his talents. Um, August 9th, 
the Bolin estate. Pat Bolin had been the owner for a long time. He passed away. The estate sold the team to a group of new owners for $4.65 billion. By the way, Bolin had paid $70 million for the team yeah. back when in the 80s. Uh, that that new ownership group is uh, related to the Walmart Walton, Sam Walton. So his son, Rob Walton, uh, his daughter, Carrie, who was married yeah. to Greg Penner. Can you do like a like one of those, uh, what is it, a 1031 tax exchange? So uh, like if you bought it for 70 and sold it for how much? <laughs> for $4.6 yeah, billion. Is there a way to kind of dodge the tax on <laughs> yeah, that? I, 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 I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, that's interesting. Our friends at the IRS would call in and let us know. <laughs> yeah, right. They probably will. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Penner is Sam Walton's daughter. He's married to Greg Penner, who, by the way, is the CEO of Greg Penner. Uh, Melody Hobson, I wasn't familiar with her, but she's George Lucas's wife. Uh, Condi Rice, so actually Alabama's got a little connection with the Denver Broncos. And Lewis Hamilton, who is the basically the uh, the Tom Brady of, of F1, um, the, the Michael Jordan of F1, he's one of the owners too. Now, one of the people who has been – uh, well, let me back up. That was August 9th, and that, that group buys it for $4.65 billion dollars. Uh, last week, last Monday, they fire Nathaniel Hackett after just one season, in fact, not a complete season, as the head coach. They think the GM might be next. But one of the things to think about is this ownership group did not hire him, and they had just lost 51-14 to to the Raiders, and you may or may not know this, but the Broncos and the Raiders are one of the most heated rivalries, and that was unacceptable. And so they end up firing Nathaniel Hackett, and it's rumored that Peyton Manning, people have suggested he might be interested in becoming yet another member of that ownership yeah. group. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. He's pretty excited right now in uh, developing Omaha Productions, his media empire that's growing. But he is a big fan uh, and friend of this ownership group. He still lives in Denver, and he doesn't miss a home game. So it's suggested that he's going to have a good bit of input into this new head coaching hire. So keep an eye on the Denver Broncos. But what a crazy little year Man. Uh, for that squad. Well, I'm going to tell you right now the uh, the how we dodged a bullet the other day, the tragedy that could have been to the or and the damage that could have been done to the Truett Empire. Yeah. Okay, like down in Tallahassee, Alabama. We have an office in Tallahassee, yes. Alabama. I've okay? been there. And it is located in the Mount Vernon Theater complex. Which is a neat looking place. Oh, it's a cool it's place. It's a vintage. Yeah, and uh, we have a little bitty office uh, kind of on the corner of, of that complex there. But uh, my friend uh, Fred Randall Huey, he's across the street. They own the radio station in Tallahassee. W-A-C-Q. W-A-C-Q in Tallahassee. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, his daughter and wife were standing there talking up at the front one day and they turn around and there is a fire going on in the trash can in the lobby of the building they can see directly across the street so they start screaming and uh the daughter actually runs across the street runs into the theater and drags the trash can out it was basically up the flames going about up to the ceiling she drags the trash can out to the sidewalk uh or it was about to be a major problem and as we are in that building we would have had a major problem as well but uh they uh, were able to get it out and avoid that. So the Mount Vernon Theater is sitting there as lovely as it was beforehand. Yeah. Could and, have been a big deal, though. And the Truett Empire continues. Truett Empire just continues on. Yeah, that's right. Good grief. Well, I'm glad for that. Hey, listen, you've got down here that Crafts, speaking yeah. of the Truett Empire, you're about to get another uh, food offering. Yeah, kind of near us, uh, right down the street. We're in uh, Lakeview, but uh, right outside of that down by UAB is uh, uh, whatever they got a strip of restaurants down there and uh uh crafts is moving in and if you've not been to crafts over in crestline is where they are uh is where their original thing but they're trying to develop that into a into a brand and take it to other places and this is their so this is the second location but 
Uh, it's Kraft O'Neill and uh, I guess junior or senior and junior. So that's uh, O'Neill Steel and O'Neill Industries and oh, all of that. I didn't so, realize that. Okay. Yeah, uh, but it was Miss Dots, and I think I don't. I think they acquired it from uh, John Casimus, if I'm remembering all this right. Who did Zoe's? Okay. Uh, sure, but sure. this was another thing. But I think they got it from them. If I'm telling that right, I hope so. Uh, but anyway, it's a. Uh, they're going to have it, and it's you know blocks down the street from Truett World Headquarters. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited about that, and that they should be open maybe uh, towards the end of January. I, ironically, I ate there about a year ago at the Crestline location. That's good. Yeah, and it was very tasty tenders over there. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed yeah. that for hey, sure. This was a cool idea. I saw up in Nashville something they're doing. Uh, they uh, the 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 mayor up there, John Cooper, appointed uh, this fellow Benton McDonough. And every yeah. time I think of McDonough, I think of uh, raising Arizona. Arizona. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Mighty good cereal flick, Miss McDonough. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Benton is—he's uh, been named or appointed uh, as the director of nightlife oh, in Nashville. So, good heavens, uh, I had never heard of this. Before. Do they have a job description for this? Well, you know, basically what they're doing is trying to avoid a lot of the problems. Night, you know, the the uh, bars and restaurants and all that are, are just exploding oh, throughout the Nashville area yeah. and. You know, it's great in a way, but it does cause problems with residents that live nearby. I mean, noise ordinances and yeah. uh, trash on the streets and drunks out in the street and all that right, kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, of course, that's the reason that they moved there to begin with. It's kind of like the folks who went and moved into the condos yeah, it, next it to Floribama. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. complain that it's loud yeah. next to the Floribama. But it does. I mean, you you know, you kind of butt heads over certain sure, things. Sure. So. Uh, Benton is going to take on this challenge as the director of nightlife in there, but it's, uh, they're actually about to probably hire two people to work with him, oh, wow. uh, just to try to, I, I think it's a great idea, yeah. uh, cause you know, having a, a, a place myself downtown that is, you know, we've run into bars, people do. Uh, are unhappy living next to them but at the same time you know they're what kind of makes a lot of your towns go and uh, uh, I think it's good just to try to keep everybody on the same page about what to expect and, and avoid whatever problems you can but uh, I didn't I, I, like I said I did not uh, I had not heard of this position before but apparently uh, it's big in Europe Oh, okay. they do it over there, but they also like Atlanta, Washington, D.C., and Austin have these. And huh. um, I, I think, you know, sounds like a good idea. Maybe we need one. Well, we, we, you and I are big nightlifers, you know, I mean, we're partiers. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And they, he's looking for two people. And how many of us yeah, are on go. the show? Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Huh. So we'll, we'll be part of the, the nightlife direction of Nashville now. Uh, that, that is interesting. And it will be, uh, it's, it's a bold position, right? Because in some ways, um, you're doing what you can to be a little bit of an insulation yeah. or a, a, a fly in the ointment, I guess, for some of the fun there in Nashville. But uh, good for them for, for uh, thinking ahead and putting someone in a position to at least control what's going on up there. Brock, I got a great story for yeah. you. You know, we talked about the national uh, rodeo finals. Yes. Uh, we're uh, out in Vegas here recently. Well, uh, this guy, Jeff Reeves of Cortez, Colorado, do you know where that is? Uh, I don't. Uh, I I don't. I okay. should. But I anyway, don't. Jeff Reeves. He's a professional rodeo clown. All right. So he's out there doing uh, the national finals rodeo and all that, and he's retiring. Yeah. This is going to be his last event. Well, yeah. his last night at uh, the rodeo finals, he swings by the horseshoe, which was formerly Bally's. You know, we talked about okay. they were changing yep, that yep. brand over, so the branding right. is is complete. So they're at the horseshoe casino, and uh, he's playing a little poker. 
so he lays down, I think it was a royal flush on a, a hand of three-card poker, but it got him basically $500,000 oh, to go into retirement on Good on his great. last night in Vegas, on his last day ever of being a, a professional PBR. rodeo uh, clown. How about that? I th- You know what? It, it, that is an amazing story. And now that I think about it, I think Cortez, Colorado, and I'd like to check into this to be sure, but I think that's near the four corners. I think that's really, really severely southwest Colorado, uh, which would stand to reason in terms of, uh, sort of ranch land and things like that. Uh, you know, I had a really good friend. Um, I had a really good friend, Eric Crouch. You've met him. Uh, he, when I first met him, would do these small town rodeos. He would. He was a bull rider. Yeah. Uh, just like to enter those. And he had a really good friend from Wetumpka named Sid McKissick. And Sid McKissick was one of the most interesting people I ever met and one of the funniest, too. And Sid McKissick was a rodeo clown. And he was so good at it that they had the PBR events a couple of times at the BJCC back when. And they actually would ask him to come in, and they would rotate the rodeo clown per rider. And by golly, he ended up uh, uh, you know, being a rodeo clown for that PBR. And I got to tell you, those are some of the best athletes out there. That joker would prepare for some of these rodeos. He'd be on the other side of the fence you know, in his overalls and his clown makeup and whatnot. But he had those compression pants on. And yeah. I mean, in the middle of talking, he would basically do like a ballerina stretch and take one leg and put it, you know, <laughs> up on the fence about where our head is and just stretch out. And, uh, you know, they're the ones that basically have to save the, the, the rodeo rider, save the cowboy. He falls off the bull and uh, he's the one that's got to go jump on the bull if, if their hand gets hung up or whatnot. That They are some brave, brave people. So I'm glad that Jeff Reeve of Cortez, Colorado, Went out in the sunset, five hundred thousand dollars richer. Yeah, that ain't bad at all. Well, hey, we got a call in. Let's see what this is about. Holy cats, we got Rich from Shelby County. Rich, what's happening? Good morning, gentlemen. What's the word? Uh, got a got a question for you guys. Um, the uh, Christmas night, I had a small fire in my office. I had a rechargeable drill, and lithium battery exploded, caught the drapes on fire. You know, the ceiling. It took me two fire extinguishers to put it out thank goodness because i think we're minutes away from losing the whole shebang oh boy but anyway so my 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 question is about the insurance industry overall you know um i'm not going to say what insurance company i have but i would say i've had a good neighbor for about 25 years (laughs) and uh the claim you know you know the claims process was kind of like oh you know take a couple pictures you know put it on the app because you can't get anyone on the darn phone right and in uh you know, and then, like, you know, get a couple of bids about the damage. Well, you know, unfortunately, my fire happened the same night as everyone in their brother's pipe busted. So, you know, the big green machine is, like, weeks behind. You know, restoration, been calling all over. Man, I just feel like, you know, I, I don't know, because, I'm, you know, I've never had a home claim or anything like that. I, I kind of feel like the insurance industry is almost like the airline industry. They, you know, they all stink. I mean, you just can't. <laughs> can't get anyone who wants to work or wants to do anything. I mean, it's, it's just frustrating. I mean, well, I, you, you know, you've got the misfortune. I mean, not, you know, not to protect it, but I mean, you've got the misfortune of, uh, as you said, a giant mountain of claims coming in at a yeah. period where a lot of people were off for the Christmas holidays. I, that, I was about yeah. to say that. So it's, uh, well, it, I think timing is, is an unfortunate aggravator to your situation. Well, and I, and I will say this too. And I mean, this doesn't make you feel any better at all on some of it. Cause it, a, a lot of the claims and I mean, anybody that's ever had a claim, you know, will agree with this but uh you know it's that nothing ever moves as fast no. or as as swiftly really as you want now and and some companies have better claim departments than others and some of that goes into i, I you know i would i don't want to say pricing but i mean like uh I, I use my homeowner's 
company, for example, like a lot of people, when we quote them, they don't want to use them. And you tell them at the front, man, they're really good on claims. And well, you know, we're, we'll use this other company. And right. a lot, a lot of, a lot of their, a lot of the insurance company's money, you know, that's where they, uh, it depends on where they put it, but a lot, almost all the companies right now are really challenged. Like every industry is on just people and right. having enough people to work the problems, which sure. is even slowing down another uh, part of the process that's frustrating just by nature. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah, and, because, uh, you know, you just had this happen, and you, you've got an interest in this being remedied and, and resolved as quickly as possible. Yeah. and it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's in my home office. My wife works from home. Sure. You know, I mean, it is just, you know, I've got the, I got the office bisqueened off to prevent any kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know, just that, 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 uh, fire extinguisher dust from getting all over the house and whatever like that. But I've just, you know, yeah, yeah you, you maybe, know, maybe it's, you know, at the know. end of the day, uh, it, it's, it's, it's accurate to say that insurance companies are in the business of accepting premium payments and they're in the business of minimizing what they pay out because they're a business. And so Tony's point, you know, with respect to identifying on the front end, those companies that are most friendly to claims is, is, is not without value because you want to find those groups that, uh, that are going to do the best job they can of carrying you through this. Um, and they might be a little bit more expensive yeah. than the groups well, that, that fight harder. Well, and there's one I'm thinking of right now that I'm, I'm irritated with that we work with. And, um, they have apparently made a decision. Like uh, somebody had called me the other day uh, that had some pipes burst, you know, during the the freeze. Right. And, um, uh, you know, they're having a challenge, and then and the same company uh, on roof claims has has coming out on basically all of them now and saying it's it's not hail damage. It's uh, yeah. bad workmanship. And right, I mean, right. Brock, you probably deal with some of the, some of that too. But uh, you know, it's it's like man, bad workmanship or not, it wasn't leaking. Yeah. Beforehand, a storm came through, and now it's leaking. My right. guess is the storm caused it. Yeah. Uh, and it's you know those are the things yeah. that just send everybody into a rage, and I don't blame them. Well, and again, I mean, you've yeah. got the misfortune of this happening over the holiday season at a time where I, countless countless pipes have busted to cause you know. A, 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 with all due respect, probably some damage that that probably rivals you know your your one room that's bisquined off. I mean, those, these folks are, are are flooded, and you know there's no telling. I, I know uh, different different groups right now have had some uh, fire sprinkler system pipes break, and boy, when those break, yeah. they're so pressurized you can just imagine the volume oh, no, of water that comes out of there. And and then you have yeah. on top of that, you know, you look at Southwest Airlines, right, where eighty percent of the flights were were canceled. Who knows how many of those have 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 added to the boondoggle? So I I hate that you're dealing with this i get that you want it uh, resolved as quickly as possible but i think part of the part of the response or, or reason uh for the delay is it's really bad timing and i hate that you're in it yeah 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 i don't i don't mind you know i you know you can always you can always tell you know how it comes down whenever something happens you know and i don't mind paying extra for insurance because when i call you know i want it done i want to be made whole i don't sure. want any kind of you know, messing around or whatever like that. I mean, I want, you know, I mean, that's why I pay for it. Yeah. And I want it done. Well, and I can tell you, you know, that being your desire, it's a valid desire, but understand you are playing a numbers game right now. So um, yeah. whether you yeah. whether you wish to negotiate or otherwise, uh, on some level, that's a little bit of what you've got in store for you. So, you know, prepare for it and, and recognize yeah. that it may not be 100%, but yeah. on some level, you know, 80 or 90% is better than 0%, right? Yeah, no, no, that that's true. That's true. All right, well, I just wanted to get you guys' take on it. I know you're getting tired of talking about history in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want to spice it up. Talk. Yeah, 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 thanks, Rich. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank All you right, so much. All right, gentlemen. Have a good one. All right, All right see take you. care. Yeah, Rich from Shelby County. Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. Brock, here's another good story. Um, I found this interesting. Anyway, on sciencealert.com, uh, they had something that, that a study's been done, but uh, they're, they're pointing out scientists say that there is an easy way to help people reduce alcohol intake, and it actually works. What? This method. It's to tell them that it's going to increase your risk of having cancer. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not like it's going to give you a better life or all. Yeah, it's yeah. just uh, you get more cancer, apparently, if you drink a oh, lot. Geez. But at the same time, the same study says it's not just cancer. It also increase, increases your odds for premature death, heart disease, digestive issues, increased risk of dementia, and a lot more goes oh, on. Boy. So, But the thing that stood out over all of those items was the cancer. The cancer. It actually slowed people down. To, to have less drinks in the study than any than anything else you could tell. Right, is that one word? Yeah, cancer. Good grief. So there you go. Hey, listen, we were talking about broken pipes just a second ago with Rich. Uh, I, yesterday in history, December 30th, uh, a few interesting things. I, first of all, I thought this was a little bit interesting. I, I'm not sure why. December 30th, 1879 was when Gilbert and Sullivan premiered their Pirates of Penzance. Now, I've never seen that play. I, never, I, I don't know anything about it. But I'm just baffled, a bit surprised that it's that old, 1879. But where I'm going with respect to the cold is December 30th has clearly been a very, very cold day in history. Clearly a national cold snap occurred in 1917 as the Tennessee state record for low temperatures was set in Mountain City, minus 32 degrees. We we were at 9 degrees. This is minus 32 degrees. Uh, In West Virginia... The state record was set in Lewisburg, which is about 100 miles from where my dad grew up in Elkins, West Virginia. And that state record was minus 37 degrees Fahrenheit. It's a record that still stands today, 37. And in 1933, another cold snap hits, right? Vermont sets their state record. Bloomfield, Vermont gets down to minus 50 degrees. So as we sit here and talk about this cold snap that came through here right now, yes, it was something extraordinary, but nothing like yeah. you know what's happened in the past. I, I say that so that we can kind of gain perspective with respect to the fact that temperatures do cycle. They do go up and down, and some extraordinarily cold temperatures occurred way, way back 100 years ago. Uh, also interesting, 1953 on December 30th, the first color TV was, uh, I guess, released to the public by RCA, right? And it was such an innovative technology that they, it was pricey. And it was so pricey, in fact, that it cost, as, and, and I, this is what this source indicated to me, $1,175 in 1953. That was a lot of money. In fact, in 1955, you know, I had gone back and looked at that. In 1955, $3,150 would buy you a 1955 Thunderbird convertible. So in 1953, this color TV for RCA cost $1,175, basically one-third of a car. How about that? Just to get color TV technology. Yeah. But, and, who, but everybody wanted it. It turned into something. Well, you know, it, it, and of course, you know, back then there were plenty of uh, uh, shows that weren't even filmed in color, so it didn't even matter. Yeah. And that was one of the things about The Wizard of Oz, which again has, has curiously been a, a what is it, a, a Thanksgiving show? I, I, anyway, the, the 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 Wizard of Oz was one of the first shows to begin in black and white, and then to just hit you with color. Uh, yeah. So anyhow, cool. hey man, congrats to uh, Kyle Conrad over at Progress Bank. He was, uh, you know, the About Town magazine. They have a Trailblazers issue. He was in that uh, for his support of uh, the charity Libby's Friends. So uh, Kyle's a good dude, and uh, 
Good work to him. Keep it up. Hey, I hear music Man, in the background. Man, it's time to go. I'm Brock Murphy with Brock G. Murphy Law Firm. Love to help you out if you're a small business and need legal advice. Tony, who are you? Tony Truitt, Truitt Insurance and Bonding, Home and Auto, Business Insurance, Bonding for Contractors and Otherwise. Give us a holler or check us out, TruittInsurance.com. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that the, uh, let's see here, the top 10 turnoffs for women include cystic acne, raggedy nails, flatulence and belching, missing teeth, body odor, bad breath, hairy nostrils, man boobs, goofy glasses, and hair mistakes, yet I overcame a lot. I could have guessed any of those. Did you know that the New York Jets have never, and I mean never, beaten the Philadelphia Eagles? They played 12 times. They're 0-12. They have their next chance in 23. How about that? Did you know the United States Military Academy at West Point is the oldest educational institution in the U.S. to offer formal academic instruction in the field of civil engineering? Did not know that. Did you know that bees hatch from the hive? As full-grown adults. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, did you know the first New Orleans Jazz Festival was held in April 1970, cost $3 to get in, and had about 350 people? 350 yeah, people. Yeah, it grew. It has grown since then. Did you know Walter Payton, the, the, lead, the leading rusher in NFL history, only led the NFL one year in a single season? That's a fact. Hey, folks, Birmingham, we'll see. Happy New Year.